From the first episode of the new season of Portolino, I speak to Harry Brooks about Porto's latest signing, Gabriel Verón, who joins from Palmeira. We speak about his potential, his strengths, his similarities to players such as Luis Diaz and Alexis Sanchez, and what he can provide Porto this season. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the new season of Kortelinic. It has been two months. Uh, it's been a long summer, hopefully an enjoyable summer for you, but very happy to say that Kortelinic, your favorite Portuguese football podcast, is now back on Breaking the Lines. Uh, Portuguese football still uh, pretty much on the horizon. Uh, we have had some teams coming back. Vitoria de Guimarães um, have played the first leg of the Europa Conference League qualifiers. They're going to play the second leg um, tomorrow, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Porto actually going to, shall we say, kick off the season uh, with the Curtain Razor, which is the uh, Supertasa, or essentially the Community Shield in Portuguese football. Uh, they're going to be playing on Saturday against Tondela, uh, a Tondela side who they beat in the Tasa de Portugal final and a Tondela side that are actually going to be playing in the second division uh, today. So almost like a uh, parting gift, shall we say, for, for Tondela ahead of their return to the second division. But without any further ado, incredibly excited to uh, be talking to my guest, Harry Brooks. How are you doing today, Harry? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to this. Uh, big fan of Portuguese football and, and, and uh you know, uh, watching football from different uh, countries and things like that. So, no, looking forward to it. I've been meaning to get uh, a collaboration going with with you. I was trying to find the right avenue um, because you are clearly very talented and very knowledgeable at what you do. So, incredibly excited to have you on for the first episode of uh, the new season of Portolinias. And we are going to be having, you know, a lot of people from diverse backgrounds, a lot of people with diverse sets of knowledge um, and th that is definitely something that you are. So let's let's talk about this. The reason why I had you on today uh, is to discuss Porto's new signing, Gabriel Verón, who joins from Palmeiras. So a little background on Porto. Porto uh, are coming off one of the greatest seasons in modern the modern history of Portuguese football. That is no exaggeration. Uh, 29 wins, four draws, one loss, a record of 91 points, a domestic double, and that is with uh, with that is after selling their best player Luis Diaz midway through the season. Um, so it's kind of an interesting time to be a Porto fan because on the one hand you're coming off this uh, legendary campaign, on the other hand they have lost a uh, one of their defensive bedrocks in Chancel Mbemba, who's uh, joined Marseille on a free transfer. They have brought in a very good center back, David Carmo, uh, from Braga to replace Mbemba. They've also lost some very big uh, academy products in Vitinha, who has joined Paris Saint-Germain for 40 million euros, losing Fabio Vieira to Arsenal, losing Francisco Conceição uh, to Ajax. So... It remains to be seen what, what they do. I, I think that we can definitely say that Gabriel Verón 
is uh, is the replacement for Conceição. Um, I do think that they need to bring in some midfielders and some attackers to replace Vitinha and Vieira. We'll see what happens. Still, you know, a decent amount of time left. Let's talk about Gabriel Verón. What was your what were your thoughts when you saw this move announced? I'm a huge fan of Gabriel Verón. I watched him play football for the past. I wouldn't know, maybe four years, three years, whatever it might be. And I just, I love players like him that are so dynamic, creative, positive, look to make the difference, look to excite fans, um, bring energy and life to the game, as well as flair and quality. Um, that real nice balance of aggressive aggressiveness with the quality and the flair and the, and the um, you know, the, the creativity. Um, and when I saw this news, um, it, it couldn't be a more perfect club for Gabriel Veron. It really couldn't. I honestly could not pick one club in Europe right now that would have been a better place for him to go and improve himself at because Porto has a rich history of, you know, recruit. The recruitment has always been, no, incredible. You know, it, it's the kind of club where it actually doesn't really matter if they lose a Luis Diaz or a Vieira because the, the next one's coming along. Whoever it is, their recruitment is spot on. And in terms of stylistically, you know, of course, there's the, there's the, um, a few things that already go in his favour, speaking the same language, Portuguese, things like that, similar kind of cultures and things like that. So it's just a match made in heaven. And I have absolutely no doubt that, you know, within two years, three years' time, if Porto were to sell him, they, they would quadruple their money. I, I really do believe that's going to be the journey because what he does lack, and I guess if you want me to talk about his issues now, or we can get into that, Porto, I would, I would back them to help fix it. Um, so no, it's a, it's a phenomenal signing, something I'm really excited to watch. And what are those issues exactly? So because he's such a dynamic and aggressive and creative player um, who's still young and, you know, learning his trade in, in the pro game, it does mean that, you know, you can sometimes have games where the decision-making isn't quite there or the end product isn't quite there, the, the inconsistencies. Um, because if you're just a player, so I don't mean just a player, but if you're a player that is more about, okay, play safe, connect, that's kind of your level, you're going to be okay. Whereas if you're someone who's going to make the difference, you're trying things that are, you know, trying to win a game, that, that's difficult to do. And he doesn't always get the balance right with that. Sometimes it's too much, needs to calm down a little bit. But again, Porto are the kind of club that are not going to take away that aggressiveness and that dynamism from him. They will just mould into something a bit more stable, a bit more secure, a bit more, a bit more consistent, um, I really believe. Um, obviously, there's no guarantees. Um, so, yeah, th those are the weaknesses, if you want to call them that. You know, you can be sometimes a bit loose with possession, try things you maybe shouldn't try. Um, and again, when you're that kind of player that is a very individualistic player, because you're sometimes going above uh, team protocol, you know, you sort of play yourself, you play your game, you've got to make sure you produce the numbers consistently. And you're still young, and that doesn't always happen, because um, otherwise you could be a hindrance, because you could have players that are making certain runs, certain patterns, that are being missed because he wants to go and be direct and now you've got to defend a counter-attack or something like that or a move breaks down. So there is a bit of that. He will frustrate at times, but be patient with him. Allow him to flourish and his quality will just shine and it'll be fantastic. I know I said that, you know, I think Gabriel Verón is the replacement for Francisco Conceição, but, you know, you're talking a lot about, I think, deciding games for themselves, using that individual brilliance, that dynamism. Yeah. And one thing that keeps popping into my head is Luis Diaz, because sure. throughout the first half of last season, that was that there were so many games where Luis Diaz's individual brilliance uh, pretty much carried Porto. 
two yeah. two victories. Um, I don't know how much you've seen of Ponzatel. I I know that you've you've watched Diaz though. Talk to me. What 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 comparisons would you make between the two? How are they different? How are they similar? Um, yeah. Do, do you see any any links between the two? Yeah. In terms of uh, similarities, they're both very bullish players, very snappy players. Like you know, constantly go go go. Um, they're very good ball strikers on the run. They can carry the ball outside and inside on both sides and attack through the centre. Um, they have a variety of end products. I guess where the differences lie is that when it requires cue to play and perhaps there's less space in and around the box and, you know, you're sort of playing with quick one-twos or sharper movements, you'd probably, you'd choose Lewis Diaz. Um, if there's more open space to run into and, you know, you can gallop and get going, maybe pick the ball up from deep, Veron is better at escaping players. Like when Luis Diaz, it's very rare that Luis Diaz will beat a player completely. He will like shift enough of a yard, then make the pass or cut back or get the shot or whatever it is. When Veron goes past someone, they're done. They're gone. Like he's, he, dynamism is just, they're, 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 in the, they're in the dust. So they're the differences. So if you want to get the ball up the pitch and be direct and counter attacks or, you know, attack space with the ball, you choose Veron. But that interplay and maybe breaking teams down and, you know, that incessant combination play around the box, you'd probably choose uh, Luis Diaz. Very exciting, no doubt. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at Verón's uh, his, his numbers. There, there have been a lot of games this season where he wasn't in uh, the, the match day squad. A lot of games where he was yeah. coming off the bench. It doesn't yeah. seem like he was one of the first names um, on Palmeiras' team sheet. How confident are you that a player who who wasn't, shall we say, maybe didn't uh, have a breakthrough campaign where he was starting every game? How confident are you that that this player is going to adapt uh, well to to Porto and Portuguese football and the Champions League? Sure. Well, when when um, Palmeiras, you know, they they would reach sort of like the, the later stages of of you know the Copa Libertadores where they played River Plate or, or, or things like that. The style of play there, the coach was very different to the way the academy players are brought up. So the way the academy players are brought up in Palmeiras, it is very dynamic, very direct. I don't mean long ball, but in terms of like they want to see how can they affect the game immediately. There's no, none of this about trying to do seven passes before you've even reached the midfield. It is about can we attack immediate? And if not, okay, we, we work our way up and, and be creative. The first team, and that's why you've got someone like Gabriel Veron, who always thinks that, you know, there's an opportunity to attack and create and score. The first team didn't always play like that. So Veron, as a young player that can be a bit loose, wasn't always in tune with the pragmatism of the Palmeiras first team. They weren't always pragmatic, but I don't know who watched the, the Copa de Libertadores final between them and River Plate. You know, they were more of a pragmatic team, take advantage of River Plate's, you know, gung-ho, more gung-ho approach. Um, and that's how they won. Gabriel Veron would have frustrated a lot in, in terms of that setup. When he's going to Porto, who are expected to dominate pretty much every opponent in, in Portugal um, and are more willing to, you know, because they're going to have more opportunities to attack, um, it's more acceptable that a move might break down every now and again because Porto will know it's fine. Another one's going to come. Another one's going to come. So stylistically, he actually suits the Porto first team more so than a lot of the Palmeiras um, so that would be a reason why. We often hear the term, you know, blessing in disguise. 
I think that one thing can, that can be almost a curse in disguise is Veron's career trajectory because, you know, he's 19 years of age and it seems like yeah. he's been around forever, okay? I mean, yeah. uh, signed a, a contract at a very young age for Palmeiras, uh, became the youngest player to score in a Copa Libertadores match, uh, you know, winning the U-17 World Cup in 2019 with Brazil, winning the yeah. Uh, golden ball so clearly one of those players who uh, has a lot of of expectations a lot of hype uh yeah. on him and of course when playing for one of the biggest clubs in brazil that that is going to snowball um how do you think gabriel has handled that pressure and that expectation i mean typically south american players they're very uh bullish anyway so you know they're very driven to succeed no matter what that can sometimes mean they, you know, they um, they relish the fame, they relish the adulation. You know, I think people are surprised. I think Brazil has the most social media accounts in the world or followers more so than any other country. So these players are exposed to fame pretty pretty early on, and they're okay with that. Um, the trajectory that he's, that he's had so far is something that is completely normal for any young player. He broke through very soon, very exciting. Um, I always say to players that I work with, it's one thing. Obviously, an incredible achievement, making an impression in the first team, you know, the odd appearance, things like that. The biggest hurdle to jump is having an established career, you know, being trusted to play 30, 40, 50 games in a season, whatever it might be. Um, and then the bridge up the hurdle after that is how far can that career go? So, Veron has to establish himself as a relied upon member of the first team first. That's his, that's his number. That's what he's got to do straight. That's what he's got to do. That's his next objective. Maybe not ex expect to start every game for Porto, but to become a relied and trusted member of that first eleven and squad, and then see where he can go from there. When you're a young player, you know you're not going to hit consistent numbers. Generally speaking, you know maybe Mbappe is one I can think of that's just consistently producing the numbers. Even Messi wasn't scoring a goal a game, you know, for his first few years. So you know it's a normal trajectory. Um, especially for a player, like I said, with his style, he's a forward, he's a difference maker. You know, it's, it, being a difference maker is the hardest thing in football, being the one to score the goal. It's the hardest thing. So never mind that being a young player where your instinct is to be a bit individualistic, you know. So there's going to be times where he needs to, you know, be a bit patient. Um, people calm down about, needs a bit of refinement, a bit of stability. But I have no doubt that he's now in the perfect environment and um, it's down to him and him now to, to go and do that. Perfect environment. You, you really keep mentioning that. It, it definitely gives yeah. some a lot of encouraging signs. Um, it has yeah. been quite the whirlwind month for Gabriel Verón. Uh, less than two weeks ago, uh, there was a video circulating on social media um, with Verón at a nightclub getting drunk uh, right before a... Copa do Brasil match against Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo obviously uh, Palmeiras' uh, close rivals. Sao Paulo ended up uh, winning on penalties and Verón prior to that uh, getting, getting uh, punished by his club. Um, clearly not the first teenager to get drunk in a nightclub, but talk to me a little bit um, about Verón's mentality. You know, I, I know that you're someone who looks at a player's mental attributes, not just their physical attributes, 
Talk to me a little bit about that aspect as well. I mean, I've never met him, so it's very difficult to. Obviously, I've you know I've met a lot of people that have, have worked with him and coached him, etc. And you know they they speak highly of the boy, but they're very measured in how they talk about players. You know they they don't jump too soon, things like that. That's the case with everyone. You know, even Endrick, who I'm sure is you know a lot of people know um, the forward. You know, who I'm, <laughs> I met at 13, and that's that's uh, incredible. I can give you a great great story about him. But um, so without knowing him personally, I, I can't really. Uh, give an opinion on that but what I can say is that characters like him and players like him first of all everybody makes mistakes okay you know you're not a human being if you've ever made a mistake you know god forbid that you're you're beholden to everything you do as a young man 17 18 and things like that you know so everyone makes mistakes and when you do you get punished and that's that's life um what I will say again he's one of those players and one of those people clearly that is very much a personality that is on the edge of everything now that can go both ways. If it goes too far, of course, it could become a, a hindrance to your team. It could become a nightmare for, for people to deal with. Again, he might be a lovely lad. I don't know that. I'm just talking about how he is as a player and clearly that kind of thing. Um, and it's very difficult to deal with superstardom, you know, at a young age because, you know, it's what you grow up and know. So I can't answer too much to the mentality of it. Um, but like I said, the environment he's in right now is in a great environment. Um, it takes courage um, to move, you know, to another continent to achieve your dream. So that shows a real mental strength. And um, I'm really excited to see, you know, his journey and what he's going to do next season. Paul Manish, uh have had a phenomenal uh, year and a half under Abel Ferreira, yeah. winning two Copa Libertadores uh, titles in the same year. Talk to me, what what have you made of Verón's development under Ferreira? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious... Because obviously he is a Portuguese manager. In what ways do you feel that Gabriel has developed um, under Abel? There's no doubt that under him, he would have um, really helped develop his discipline, um, his tactical discipline and his ability to provide the ugly work for the team, um, you know, and understand that regarding the mental side of things, you can be the superstar, but doesn't mean you're going to be the main man all the time. Well, you can have superstar talent, but at the end of the day, you do a job for the team. And that's not always the worst thing. Sometimes it's better for players, to not, young players, to not play for a while so they understand the environment they're in and what it requires to become a pro footballer because it's a lot more than just talent. So with regards to those kind of things, developing his mental side of the game and his, his discipline, which is, again, what he would have needed, um, I have no doubt that he's done a fantastic job for him. Again, you know, you could say, did he play enough minutes? But you can't argue with the success of of what of what the manager has done uh, with with Palmeiras, you know, in recent times. So, and that's part of the thing that Veron has to learn. He has to learn. Okay, right. Well, you know, this is a winning machine. This is a winning team right now. I could be the most talented player in the world, but unless I function for the team I'm in, then it, it doesn't matter. I've got to make sure that I'm a I'm a team player. I'm I'm and those sort of mental um, challenges are really good for young players to to learn from because. In life, and football can times that by 10, it certainly is not a straight trajectory going up. There's going to be ups and downs, negatives, bad days, bad seasons, times when you're not in the team, times when you might have injuries, loss of form, all everything you could ever think of and more. Um, and you have to learn how to cope with that. And these, these challenges of not playing and things like that, and, you know, they will help mature him as a young person and as a young player. And that can only be good for his future career and his development. Talked about his mentality. Let's talk a little bit about his physical attributes. Uh, you know, yeah. what he like physically, as well as um, what have you made of his ability to 
to resist injuries? What it, What is his injury record like? And overall, what do you make of him physically going into uh, going into you know Europe and the Portuguese league? He's incredibly powerful. Um, he's got a similar kind of stature to like maybe like a maybe not an Aguero or a Tevez, but you kind of know what I mean. A shorter, stockier, powerful legs, strong core, can hold off challenges, can use his upper body to, even though he's not the tallest, can use his upper body and his strong shoulders and, and core to sort of hold players off and, and drive past them. He's got fantastic mobility, agility, he can turn, you know, he, he, as a wide forward, he's like, his ability to accelerate and decelerate and gallop, you know, even someone like Luis Diaz, who's got fantastic athletic attributes, he's a very, like, you know, snappy player. He can't really gallop and drive necessarily. Veron can, you know, do the short snappy movements in tight spaces and do the long, long busting gallop runs. Um, yeah, physically, he's, he's an animal. Um, of course, you know, there's always going to be weaknesses. There's no one is the perfect. It's what, it's what makes me laugh when people say about, oh, he's a really good athlete. Well, there's lots of different aspects of being an athlete. You don't have to be a six foot four tank. You know, someone like Raheem Sterling is a phenomenal athlete in a different way. So, but in terms of as a wide forward, that power, the balance, um, the agility, the mobility, the strong core to ride challenges and hold players off. Um, yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal uh, physically for what he requires and what he needs. Got a question coming in from uh, Dieter Van Gucht who asks, uh, what can we expect in terms of goals and assists in his debut Primera Liga campaign? Honestly, don't expect anything. Don't put expectations on because there's no there's no guarantee yet how he will yet fit into the team. The manager might look at him and go, right, well, you need to like, you know, be on the bench for the first 10 games. Or he could start the first game and score two goals and he's a mainstay. So what I would say to people is do their best to not compare him to a Luis Diaz or a Concha Chow or whatever. He's his own player. He's a young man. It's his first year in another continent um, at a big, big club. Um, Primarily a big club, you know what I mean, in Europe, a lot of eyes on you. Um, so honestly, I would say there is there is nothing to expect. He could get anything from three goals up to 18 or whatever, and you know, and, to, and you know, start on fire. There could be any of that. So don't really put any kind of expectations on him, just sort of is what he is, and, and, and let's see how the first season goes and go from there. Absolutely. Going back to your point on on Luis Diaz, a player who arrived from Colombia and you know, it's it's fair to say that Conceição really made him uh, go through the ropes. He he made it very hard for him to get into the you know into the lineup. You know, you got to do this, you got to do that. Gradually working his way in from a bench player to a starter, and I definitely don't think uh, that do that Luis Diaz would be as good as he is now if Conceição did not take his time from him, right? If he just put him straight into the lineup. Um, but with that being said, Porto. I'm curious, where do you see him lining up in this Porto team? Because Conceição, you know, he's gone with a number of, of lineups. Typically, you know, he, he has played um, a 4-4-2, has also played some others such as a 4-3-3 and a 4-2-3-1, but uh, typically that, uh, that, that formation. I think that Taremi, Meri Taremi and Evan Nielsen, I would probably expect them to be starting in attack, you know, two more traditional center forwards. Um, Otavio is, shall we say, the creative midfielder in the side and, you know, will will can play on either flank. Um, you've got some other midfielders, you know, such as Mateo Suribe, Marco Grujic, 
more of the defensive type. I, I do think there's the need for a creative midfield signing uh, over the next few weeks to replace Vitinha and Fabio Vieira, but we'll see what happens with that. And you also have some more traditional hugging the touchline wingers uh, in Brazilians, Pepe and Wenderson Galeno. I'm curious, where do you see uh, Verón lining up for Porto? The honest answer is, at the moment, I honestly don't know. And I mean that in a positive because, again, we still keep alluding to him. But if you look at Luis Diaz, all right, so the areas he operates best in are when he's all in from the left, inside left channel, maybe a bit central, but still with the angles of coming in onto his right, there where he's best. He can do good things on the right, but those aren't the angles that he's, he's best at. They're just not. Um, Gabriel Veron is just as comfortable across the width of the pitch. And you can't underestimate having that quality. If he's on the left-hand side, he can start deep or high. He can go inside or outside. The exact same thing on the right-hand side. He can start deep, can start high, inside or outside past his man. And the same thing central. Um, it, in terms of that aspect, you're, you're looking at him as someone like a, a bit like a Sadio Mane in that respect, that there's not a single angle that he can't flourish at, not a single side of the pitch, not a single direction that he can't go. And he can go in every direction, every angle he can play at and produce from that. So... The honest answer is I don't know because he's so comfortable playing across the width of the pitch, high and deep and central. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Wouldn't surprise me if he starts a bit more on the right, just because it might force him to be a bit more disciplined to start off with. Because if you're on the left, very easy to get excited all the time, driving infield and lashing shots, which he can definitely do. But on the right, because he is right-footed generally, it, it, you know, it might make him be a bit more disciplined. Um, but yeah, it honestly wouldn't surprise me. Any, it would play anywhere in the forward, forward role, anywhere or wide. Yeah, you're bringing up that word discipline a lot, a lot which I think is interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit about Verón's work off the ball in terms of his defensive work rate, in terms of his pressing. Where are these attributes? What does he need to work on? What, what are his strengths in these areas? So for players like Kim, actually being a front foot presser is more comfortable for them. They're, they're comfortable doing that. Generally speaking, for players like Kim, it's the defensive side where you've got to concentrate and fall back into shape and like maybe track a runner and go running back towards your own goal. Players of, you know, forward attacking players, they'll do that. But generally speaking, they're more than happy to work hard, but usually they would prefer to do it when they're facing the opposition's goal and going that way. When you start tracking runners and going back and falling back in line, falling back in shape, making sure you are aware of your runners, scanning, checking your shoulders, those are the things that a lot of young wide forwards will have to you know, learn and, and, and develop. And he's no different to that. Um, if you want to play a high-pressing game, you can definitely do that. Um, where he's on the front foot, you know, but maybe don't always expect him to be the most disciplined defensively to start off with. Um, it's not a laziness thing. It's a maturity thing, as you see with most young players in those positions and those kind of profiles. Um, so I would probably say that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've you've had the chance to to get a look at Porto under Conceição in a few games. Um, I'm curious, wh- how do you see Verón shaping up under Sergio Conceição? You know, he is, as I've mentioned, a coach who will take his time with these talents, uh, such as such as Vitinha, such as Fabio Vieira, such as Luis Diaz. He's a coach who's going to really demand you to, to, to become a warrior, to, to fight for the team. But uh, as well, a, a coach who knows how to get the best out of his attacking players. Um, I'm curious, 
how do you see Veron shaping up under a manager like Consetzal? Uh Again, I think it is perfect for him because he will allow him to express himself while still making sure he becomes that team player and that you know discipline and that professional footballer um, that can be relied upon. Um, but I would say it even goes above Consetzal, and it's about the culture at Porto. The culture at Porto, even since I was a young lad, has just adored the aggressive, attacking, creative wide forwards. You know, I grew up adoring Charisma, Hulk, Luis Diaz. You know, the list goes on with these players and these difference makers that get the crowd going. They just they, there's a, certain clubs have a certain affiliation with a, a profile of player. You know, if you say what does a Barcelona player look like, people instantly go to like you know the, the kind of like connecting midfielder things like that. If you say you know what does a what would a typical Man United player of the past look like? It'd be a, a, a dynamic forward attacking player with positivity. A Porto player, if you think what does a Porto player look, it's creative, it's aggressive, it's dynamic, it's a wide forward that makes the difference. And Veron is just like, it will fit into the culture of what FC Porto are perfectly, whilst making sure that his manager, Conchichal, is going to make sure that he at least still, at the at times, for the good of him, pulls the reins in and makes sure he's, you know, understands the, the ugly side of the game as well, What for, um, as a lot of people will call it. I know, I know you've, you've mentioned you don't want to put a lot too much hype and expectation on him uh, and, and, you know, put that pressure on him. But um, it does seem like Veron is a player who, who, who has been, you know, hyped up to be one of the best wingers in the world someday. And yeah. I'm curious, is there any, you know, make or break? Is, is there any certain aspect where you think if he can just nail down this one part of his game, uh, he'll be a blown door candidate. You know, what is yeah. the biggest area that you think that that's that make or break for you? It's it's the it's the production rate, it's the numbers, because like I said earlier, you know, I think I messaged you before you asked me or someone asked me who who does who does he remind you of? And I said for the good and bad, it's Alexis Sanchez. Um in terms of that. He's a better ball carrier or a more dynamic ball carrier than Alexis Sanchez. But um that's not to say he's better than him, obviously, you know. Um, but someone like Alexis Sanchez, people maybe forget, no matter how good he was, there were so many times he would frustrate teammates and managers because he'd make silly decisions trying something that wasn't there. But it was okay because his production rate was just through the roof. Now, again, like Gab, like you know, that style of player with Gabriel Veron, he is that style of player. He's not really the player like a Jaden Sancho that's going to put his foot on the ball and connect play and do that. He's not that player. So for him to be a useful member of the first team and not a hindrance, his numbers are going to be, have to be through the roof. Not through the roof, but you know what I mean. And he's going to have to make sure that, you know, he can be a momentum changer. So he can be the one that can push the other team back and make the difference, get the ball up the pitch and, and you know, scare the opposition and force them five, ten yards deep. Even things like, you know, get the crowd on your side at Porto, excite them, which, you know, has a huge effect. Get fans, if he's an away game, get them nervous when he's on the ball. All these little things have an effect. So for him to get to the highest level, his production rate has to, you know, I would say in, in four years' time, three, four years' time, maybe, yeah, three or four years' time, I would say that he needs to be hitting at least 20 goals a season in all competitions, at least. Um, so that's what he's got to aim towards. Um, and obviously, you still want him to improve, you know, certain things like decision-making, being able to connect with and combine with. You can't just be an individual player. So those little things, but the main thing for him is to make sure that at the right, you know, when it's needed, that the numbers of production rates go up and, and remain consistent.
can Gabriel Verón become Porto's Alexis Sanchez? It's a very interesting, very exciting prospect. I'm a very much a lot ex- very excited uh, for the signing after speaking to you. So thank you so much, Harry, for coming on Portolinius. I know Porto fans will be thanking you, uh, the ones <laughs> who are listening to this. So yeah, thank you so much. Is there any... Uh, thing you want to plug, anything you want to shout out uh, before we... Uh, no, I'm honestly, I'm fine. I just enjoy talking about football with good people. So, you know, if people want to follow my Twitter, it's uh, HB underscore head coach. But honestly, I just enjoy coming onto things like this and talking football with, uh, you know, again, especially like, you know, I, I fell in love with Palmeiras the second I met them. So, so I'm like Gabriel Veron. I just, I'm so excited to see how he does. I'll be watching probably all of their games next season. Uh, to, to, for, for, obviously for other reasons, but... You know, Veron is the main one I'll be watching for. So, no, thank you for the uh, for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Pleasure to uh, collaborate for you for the first time. Uh, definitely not the last, but yeah, an absolute yeah. pleasure uh, speaking with such a knowledgeable, knowledgeable analyst. And uh, definitely hope to have you on again soon. Thank you so much thank you. for tuning in to the first episode of the third season of Cortellinius. We will be keeping you updated uh, with the latest in Portuguese football. So definitely stay tuned for Portolinius. And uh, we will be having some more fantastic guests on the show. So once again, very excited uh, to be speaking and discussing Portuguese football on Portolinius this season.